Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 123 with my special guest today, Andrew Bennett. So Andrew is the author of the book called Eruption in the Canyon, which is all about his day spent with Eddie Van Halen back in 2004, then 2006 to 2007. So Andrew shares some great stories about Eddie and what's involved in the book. Now before we go to interview, again thank you to my sponsors, Musician, Custom Guitar Picks, and my new sponsor, Shred Guitar Works. So let's go over to interview now with Andrew Bennett to find out all about his days with Eddie. How are you? Good man, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. And thank you again for, for doing this for us. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I always love to, I always love to chat about Ed. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And actually, I must say my condolences to you as well, because I mean, you know, you, you're spending all that time with him. It must have been hard on you when that happened, when he passed. Um, yeah, it was, it was a mix of emotions. Like, I mean, on my own personal side, it was kind of like, I wish I had stayed in touch. Yeah, I wish he had seen kind of like how he affected me and impacted me as a director yeah. and like the work ethic I learned from him mm. and how I applied that to like my medium and film. Like I wish I just had that chance to um, to sit down with him and, you know, yeah. make him make him proud. And sometimes when I'm working with producers or crew members and I'm maybe a little more overbearing when it comes to the quality and mm. work effort put in. Anytime somebody complains, I always yell, if you don't like my work ethic, take it up with Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I learned it. Yeah, yeah. That's and right. I, was, I wish I had always been, because I can see the smile on his face. I could see him laughing, and then I could see him going, I taught you well, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, to... Yeah, to, to get those things out of that, that whole time must be a, a huge honor for you. It is, man. It, it is. I don't, you know, I don't take it lightly. You know, when it comes to Eddie, I kind of explain to people that, you know, when they're like, oh, you live with the, you know, we're up there and working closely with a famous rock star. Mm. I always say, you know what? Fred Durst is a famous rock star. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen is a legend. Mm. So I never took that for granted that I was in the presence of a man who, you know, reinvented a guitar and inspired, like, God knows how many people to pick up a guitar. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I never took for granted who I was around ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, including me as one. That's why I started. Yeah, I can tell from over your shoulder there. And actually, i got to quickly... Um, the yellow and black. I'll just quickly move my screen for a second just to show you my, my feature wall over here. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I gotta. I might have to do that at my place. Yeah, yeah, too. Well, actually, my wife came up with the idea, so. You're a, you're a lucky man. I had a girlfriend when I first started going up there in 06. Yep. And when, you know, when one day a week was turning into five days a week, she gave me an ultimatum. And she said, you're always up there. Decide who you want to spend your time with, me or Eddie Van Halen. And I was already going to break up with this girl anyway. So <laughs> she made the decision very easy. And I said, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> mm. 
amazing the uh, the effect. Like I, I do, I really didn't think it was going to have this much of an effect on me when I first heard the news, and like the whole week, pretty much. You know, I was, I was in tears. I probably hadn't cried that much over you know a family member, and I, I read a lot of people yeah. have been the same way as well. Yeah, I I cried a lot. I I don't know. It's hard to how do you explain it? It's like you know, I mean, I'd seen them sick over the years, and I kind of I guess inside knowledge on like how bad it was getting. Yeah, but. You know, when people would ask me, I mean, they, sometimes people can be rude. Mm. And, you know, I spend half of my time in Los Angeles and, you know, people are like, how much longer do you think he has? I'm like, mm. first of all, like, see, I'm getting teary eyed right now. Mm. Don't ask. Like, it was just really rude. But, you know, instead of getting into it with people and telling them to go fuck themselves, I always said, Eddie Van Halen will live to be a thousand. Mm. Like, to me, the man was immortal. You know, I've never seen anything like it. So... Yeah, it hit. And, mm. you know, I had my own personal connection and feelings and sadness. And I'm not trying to sound corny when I say this, no. but through through Facebook and some people I've gotten to know, like people I've never met, but I've gotten to know, yeah. watching the impact on them, I think, hurt just as much. Mm. You know, watching people who, you know, had their post, had his posters on their teenage bedroom walls and yeah. him being such a part of their life. Um, that hurt. So, yeah, for sure. I'm, we're two months later, and I'm still kind of trying to process it. Yeah, and then with uh, Woofy bringing out, oh, sorry, Wolfgang bringing out the uh, distance video that brought it all back again. Yeah, I mean that really tore me up. Um, especially, you know, I got that firsthand experience of watching the two of them together. Yeah, yeah. And I got to watch, you know, kind of this transition of Ed from you know an 06 to the point where wolfie just kind of starts jamming to the point where wolf replaces mike mm. and you know all along this time the ed just getting healthier and happier and there's so many moments like when i watch footage where they're playing and you just see ed kind of turn his head and he's kind of peeking at wolfgang and smiling yeah. and yeah that was i feel for wolf like oh, i can't yeah. even put it into words Oh, for sure. I mean, I, my, I've got an older daughter as well. She's 25 and we, you know, play together as well. And like, I just know that feeling, you know, sharing the stage with your sibling. It's just an incredible feeling. Yeah. I just to watch Eddie be that happy yeah. was, it was nice. I mean, me in person or sad or anything like that. It was just, there was this, you know what it was? It was, you know, when I was there in 04, and then when I got back in 04, you know, Eddie was happy and he would, you know, we'd sit there and chat and he seemed all right. But as Wolf, like, blew our minds for starters. Yeah. <laughs> like, this kid can't drive a car. He just learned the entire Van Halen catalog. <laughs> um, it was, and I think, I think fans will understand this, that infamous smile started to come back. Yeah. Like, in rehearsals, you would see that, that Eddie Van Halen smile. I get goosebumps right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it was awesome to see that and him get happier and happier. So mm. that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and congratulations about the book, Eruption in the Canyon. Thank you. So I've, yeah, I've got to order my copy today. Get onto it. Right on. So you, you released it before, didn't you? And then you're sort of like re-releasing it again. Is that right? I released it. Yeah, I mean, I do want to make this pretty clear to people. I released it months before Ed passed, and I did not know that he was going to pass. So yeah. this was not some time bullshit 
And um, and it was already selling pretty well in the beginning. And then obviously when Ed passed, it brought attention to it. But yeah, it's, you know, it slowly gets out there. It's, I'm kind of, I'm on a do-it-yourself level here. Yeah. I have a little factory running out of my living room and, you know, I handle all the communication and all that stuff. And then um, I think in a couple of months, it's going to be, on Amazon and all that good stuff. Yep. So, yeah. so it's only a um, hard version. It's not online or anything. Copy? No, um, they're talking about. We're talking about doing a Kindle version for Amazon, but um, I stayed away from like the ebook or that. I don't know. I because I think, and from what people say to me, the book is really special to them. They get this kind of different look at Eddie, yeah. and obviously, and it's full of photographs. So I wanted people to have that experience of like a really high quality coffee table book with glossy pages and some weight to it. And, you know, be able to see big giant colored pictures in front of them, yep. especially, you know, people who capture all those little details. Of, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, this is, look at this on the 5150 soundboard or that guitar in the background, or, yeah. you know, all those things that, that people catch. Yeah, for sure. Actually, just going back a little bit, just in case there are people that, don't know what eruption in the canyon is all about. So can you tell us what people actually get in the, the book? Yeah. Um, you know, I had met Ed in 04 and I was just there for a couple of weeks documenting him and uh, Sammy and Al recording a couple of new songs. And, you know, then I went back from 06 to 07 and I'd been approached in the past from people saying, uh, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I always kind of rolled my eyes like, no, I spent this much time with Eddie Van Halen, never thought about writing a book. <laughs> but the truth is, I really I really had been. I was never going to write some kind of tell all book. And I, I just didn't really feel like I mean, somebody like Noel Monk or a part of the music and they spent years and years around them. But given that I was a filmmaker who was there for a year, I didn't really feel it was my place to tell deep, dark secrets, or, I mean, in the book, I don't even really talk about myself at all. <laughs> and what I came up with was that over the years, you know, when the topic would come up with people, I kind of had like, you know, my three go-to Eddie Van Halen stories, I would tell you. Um, this is why you don't break into Eddie Van Halen's house. <laughs> um, you know, and there were entertaining stories, and then there's conversations with friends where I really talking about his impact on me and how hard he works and what it's like day in and day out. So what I came up with was I don't really have some tell all book. And even if I did, I wouldn't write it, you know, like a side note in my book, there's nothing about drinking or there's nothing about his wife. There's nothing about Valerie. And I only speak of Wolfgang in regards to the fans. Yeah. I don't talk about, I mean, I talk about like the love between the two of them, but all the other stuff I left out. So what I figured was, um, I've been telling these same 30 stories <laughs> for about <laughs> for coming up on, you know, 13, 14 years. Yeah. And so I felt the best way to write a book was just to give people a feeling of like what it's like to be there on a Tuesday afternoon. You know, what's it like at rehearsal? What's it like when Ed's just hanging out mm. and talk about the person, the musician, the band dynamics, what it's like at 5150. And then on top of that, there's entertaining things. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like why there is a chapter called this is why you should never, ever, 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 ever break into Eddie Van Halen's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, there's a there's a great story in there, you know, when he put a gun to Fred Durst's head. Yeah. Um, there's entertaining stuff in there, but I keep Eddie in a very good light, which wasn't much of an effort because I look up to him so much. But mm. yeah, it's just really entertaining stories that give you an idea of who the man is, what the dynamic is like up there, mm. things like that. Yeah. I'm sure there's some amazing photos in there that people haven't seen before. Yeah, I mean, I put, there's a lot of photos in there, right? I mean, there's over a hundred. And yeah, I, you know, I was there to film mm. and document, but, you know, at 5150, there's some downtime here and there. So, you know, in the downtime, I would just kind of roam around the studio and take pictures of all the little, little idiosyncrasies around the studio, you know, mm. take pictures of Al's kit from all around his kit, what it's like to sit behind Al's kit, what mm. it looks like from behind there to the area where Ed stands when he plays mm. his pedal board and his amps and his guitars. I mean, I, I loved his pedal board. I must've taken a ton of pictures of his pedal board <laughs> because I've been around so many guitar players and a lot of guys, you know, have these very intricate pedal boards with like a million pedals. And I, you know, I think Ed's rig when he's playing live is more that magnitude. Yeah. But in 5150, it is literally a piece of wood mm. with pedals with pedals screwed into it. And his tremolo is this old rusty piece of chrome. <laughs> like there's actually rust on it with just a little label that says tremolo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so I just I loved little things like that because it was so eddy. Yeah. Like here's, you know, the most beautiful sound and tone and mind-blowing stuff you've ever heard from heard from a guitar player. And that's where it came from. A few pedals screwed to a piece of wood. It shows us. It's all in the fingers. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, he tried, <laughs> he tried to teach me guitar once. Just said, I said, Ed, you think you could teach me how to play guitar? And he said, let me see your hands. <laughs> and I showed him my hands and he goes, ah, not with those fingers. You'll <laughs> never be a guitar player. <laughs> and thank God that wasn't my dream or it would have been shattered in that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, so have you played I still guitar? can't play the guitar. Oh, you're just going to ask that. Yeah, have you played guitar? But no. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't have like the hand-eye coordination. I don't have the dexterity and the fingers. Mm. I just, I don't know. I've tried and tried. And all of my, you know, half of my friends are musicians. And when they try to teach me, it's kind of the same as Ed. They're like, yeah, you're hopeless, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're not even like a beginner on day one. <laughs> Stick to your day job. Pretty much, yeah. And it's a good thing I had a day job because I was not going to be a guitar player, man. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. Now, how about with all the, the videos? So I'm, I'm guessing you've still got all the the hard drive, all the videos and everything? Yeah, I still have all that stuff. You know, I've been asked if I'm going to release it or do anything with it. Mm. Um, and I'd love to because the stuff is so amazing. You yeah. know, I mean, how often do you get to see, you know, Ed play Hot for Teacher? <laughs> on a Tuesday after, on a Tuesday afternoon with no singer, no yeah. dis to the, no disrespect to the singers, <laughs> but damn, Van Halen is good without a singer. <laughs> so I want to do something with it. I'm giving Wolfgang some time just to heal and do his thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't really see myself doing anything with the footage unless I have the blessing of Wolfgang. Yeah. Okay. So you have to go through Wolfgang to to do all that. Yeah, I mean, most of the footage is really just Ed playing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Ed playing. I mean, the three of them playing. Yeah. And, you know, and there's cool moments in between where they're chatting and this and that. 
you know, sometimes Ed would, you know, instead of counting off to Al or saying, Al, are you ready? Or, okay, here we go. Yeah. He would just lean into the mic. He would just lean into the mic and go, so how about some Alex Van Halen? <laughs> and so any intro, any intro that had Alex, like hot for teacher, that's how it started. Yeah. <laughs> how about some Alex Van Halen? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to put the footage out. It's great stuff. I, I just respect everything about that band from what they mean to people to what they mean to me. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to Wolfgang, I was never going to write the tell all book. So why would I go sell off a bunch of footage? I'd rather just, mm. I'd rather just team up with Wolfgang. <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah. I'm sure he would love to see all that, that footage growing up with his dad and all the rehearsal. So I'm, I'm guessing he wouldn't have a copy of that, would he? He doesn't have a copy of it. If Wolfgang's listening, he's always available to give me a ring. He can, I mean, I'd be happy to give him a copy. Yeah. Um, I just, for the, because the footage is so rare and it's very personal. Yeah. I don't feel right really handing it over to anybody except Wolfgang or Alex. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. if Irving Azoff plans on calling me, save your time, Irving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's very good. How many hours do you think he would play a day? Back then, sixteen. Wow, sixteen hours. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's all he did. Yeah. You know, um, I just love letting people know too that the greatest guitar player who's ever lived, and I'll have that argument anytime, people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't come. No disrespect to anybody. Don't come at me with that Jimmy Page shit. <laughs> Eddie was Eddie was the best. No, I totally um, agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and you know it's it's nice to share that with people that yeah. the greatest who ever played didn't take this for granted. His idea every day was practice, 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 mm. and that's what he did. Practice, or he'd fiddle around and write some new stuff, and he might be recording while that happens. But I rarely saw Ed outside of fifty one fifty. He might walk down to his house to take a shower, or yeah. maybe take a nap here or there. But besides that, I mean, it'd be three o'clock in the morning. And he would open up the doors to 5150 yeah. and just be blasting music, like <laughs> blasting. And I guess the neighbors used to complain, <laughs> which is the dumbest neighbor complaint. Eddie Van Halen is playing too loud. And so <laughs> basically people started moving. <laughs> like he had, he had neighbors that were closer to him, like in this Hollywood Hills area. Yeah. And one by one over the years, they started moving. And every time they moved, he would buy their lot of land. Oh, well. To the point, to the point where Eddie, Eddie doesn't have any neighbors at all. He owns like, he owned this entire mountain called Coldwater Canyon in the Hollywood Hills. Please. And, um, there was one neighbor at the very bottom of the hill that wouldn't sell. Mm. And so sometimes if that person was frustrating him, Eddie would do the three in the morning, let's open up the doors and let them listen to eruption for the next four hours as I play it. <laughs> and I just play it over and over and over. <laughs> so, so I'm guessing yeah, a lot of those things too you would have on video, the, the, the jamming, not the 16 hours, but the, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, yeah, man. Like that was that's what we would shoot, you know. In '04, he was a little more like vocal to the camera. He was not in the greatest mood in '04, yeah. if people recall. And in '06 and '07, I really, I we didn't know what we were shooting. Mm. I I wasn't there to make a film per se. I did eventually ask Eddie after about two or three weeks, 
so what am I doing here? What is it that you want me to be filming? And he said, I just want people to see how hard I work. Yeah. That was it. So if the film is about how hard Eddie works, then here you go. Here's mm. 50 hours of Eddie Van Halen working. Wow. Incredible. And you say, so you lived there as well at one stage? At one stage, yeah. The, um, the girlfriend who made me choose yeah. between her and Eddie Van Halen. I, I, you know, I told Eddie like that day, I was like, yeah, I broke up with this girl. I'm getting ready to move out. He goes, where are you moving? And I said, well, I'm looking for a place in Laurel Canyon, which is right kind of a mile from his house. Okay. And it sounds weird, but I was looking for a place that was close to Ed's yeah. because that's where I'm at all the time. I didn't really want to drive across town in LA. Yeah. But let's just say everything close to Ed was out of my tax bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, I broke up with this girl and I was looking for a place. Mm. And I told Ed, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash on my friend's couch. And he goes, ah, screw that. Just sleep here, here all the time anyway. Yeah. And um, so I went from my friend's couch to a couch at 5150. Mm. It's not like I got a bedroom. And so, yeah, I slept there for a couple of weeks and, you know, that kind of grew our bond because we'd hang out at three o'clock in the morning and just talk about life. I would take advice from Ed. You know, the one thing I always noticed was, you know, he came out at two in the morning and he saw that I was awake. Um, He'd walk in and the first thing he would always ask is, how are you doing, Andrew? Hmm. Always. He didn't come out talking about himself. He always wanted to know, how are you doing? Yeah. Um, I only met him once when he came to Australia, just like the meet and greet type thing. But, you know, it, it just hearing all these stories and from yourself, especially, you know, spending all that time with him, just sounded like an amazing guy. He really was. You know, like there's a story in the book. I was going to the store one day and I said to Ed, I'm going to the store. Uh, do you want to go with me? And he just kind of laughs and he goes, you want me to go to the store? I can go, you want me to go into a supermarket? And I kind of joked and made fun of him. I go, oh, can you not go in public because you're famous? Can the famous guy not go to the store? And he just smiles ear to ear and he goes, all right, Andrew, let's go to the fucking store. <laughs> and we went to the store and, you know, I've been around like, being in this industry my whole life. You know, I've been around some people that get recognized. Yeah. And usually like my, my friend Chino from Deftones. I, he'll go to the store anywhere he goes, he'll get recognized. But the response is usually, is usually something like they're excited. They're like, Oh my God, Chino, I, I love your band. And he'll sign something real quick. Yeah. But people would see Eddie and they would lose the ability to breathe <laughs> or blink yeah. or blink. They would stand there and just go, Oh my God. Oh my God. And we went there and it happened, I think four or five times within the store mm. and another three times outside. We were there for 10 minutes. And the first time somebody walked up to us, they were kind of losing it and not being able to speak. And he just turns to me and he goes, this stops eventually, Andrew. This stops eventually. <laughs> then it stops. And um, But every single person, this is the kind of person that Ed was, man. Mm-hmm. Every single person who stopped in the store, he would stand there and wait for them to collect themselves. <laughs> And then he would say hi, he would sign something, like one guy grabbed a cereal box real quick, so that's all he could find. <laughs> um, and Ed would stand there, and if they asked him questions, he'd answer their questions, you know, mm-hmm. about Van Halen or himself. And 
he would put in the time and he did that for every single person. He waited for them to stop. He asked them, he answered anything they wanted. And uh, at the end of every conversation, he gave the person a hug. Hmm. Every person in that supermarket, he gave, gave them a hug. And it's just like, that's the kind of person Ed was. Yeah. But, and then when we left, when we left though, he got in the car and he goes, and that Andrew is why I can't go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man, just all around. I just, yeah. I can't say enough good things. Sorry, now I'm getting choked up talking no, about it. I'm, um, I'm trying to hold it back too, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, and that's what I want people to see in the book. That was another yeah. aspect of the book was like, seeing what a good guy he is. Yeah. The people around him, you know, there weren't that many people. But, you know, myself, Matt Brock, his assistant, and just a couple other people, yeah. like, he didn't want to be called Eddie. He just wanted to be, he just wanted to be Ed. Yeah. That's what he would always say. Just call me Ed. I'm just Ed. And you're like, yeah, you are. You're just Ed. You're the greatest guitar player who's ever lived. Yeah. But yeah, you are just, you are just Ed. Yeah. It's all in the book, so. Yeah, it's, it's all in there, man. I mean, I kind yeah. of, I try to cover everything, like who the man is personally, what he's like to talk to and hang out. Yeah. Obviously, him as the musician, like everything from, you know, his work ethic to, you know, when they did the replica, mm. when they did the first run of the replica, uh, we went to go see it. Yeah. And the designer had had the real Frank, had the real Frankenstrap there. Mm. And the way he wanted to see if he was up to par was he put the first replica and the real one in a room and told Eddie to come in and pick out which one it is. Mm. which one's the real one okay and eddie walked eddie walk, walked in and he was like looking and looking and he's like ah, i can't tell by looking mm. and he said he looks at the designer he goes can i pick them up mm. the designer says yeah and he picks up one and feels it picks up the other and feels it and he goes that's the replica and the guy says how did you know mm. he said because your replica is three ounces lighter than mine ah. they weighed it man they weighed it oh, it really? was exactly three ounces lighter oh. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that was one of the days where I didn't even have words. I just stood there and watched this, and I was like, who is this man? Wow. That's incredible. Like, yeah. Like, so there's, I mean, there's all kinds of just stuff in there that just shows you who he is and, yeah. you know, wow. his knowledge and the, his kindness and, and then exciting stuff. Like, you know, what happens when the Van Halen brothers get in a fight? <laughs> I heard about that one. <laughs> yeah. We, we would call it... Uh, his assistant explained it to me. Yeah. If you're not around me, take your phone with you. I said, okay, why? And he goes, because if they get in a fight, I'm going to text you. And I'm going to text you the word DEFCON. Yeah. DEFCON means wherever you are, stay there. Don't let them see you. <laughs> because if they see you, they will drag you into this fight and make you choose a side. <laughs> and he just goes, Trust me, Andrew, it's very awkward. So sometimes I would get DEFCON and then I would just climb up into the canyon and hide behind a tree until, until they were done screaming at each other. And they would have these screaming matches. And then the next day, Al would come to rehearsal and it was all love. You know, nothing ever carried over into the next day. But yeah. you also never knew when it was going to happen. So take your phone with you and a bottle of water because it could be a while. Yeah. That must have been a sight to see. It was. It was. I, I can't get. I can't give away the DefCon fight. No, no. <laughs> there is the DefCon fight, and basically, let's just say that Eddie jumps on Alex's moving car, mm. and 
you sit there and you watch it, then it's over and Eddie, you know, takes a breath and then goes back to the studio and keeps on playing. <laughs> Incredible. Amazing times. Yeah, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't trade that ex- I wouldn't trade that experience for anything, man. And you know, when I met him in 04, I'd been documenting Katy Perry yeah. for the year prior to that. Yeah. So it was a beautiful change of pace. <laughs> I would rather I would much rather hear Hot for Teacher than I kissed a girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I was going to ask you also about the uh, the film clip. Uh, it's about time. Was that released in 2018 or a long time ago? What had happened, it was on my website for mm. a long time, just yep. under my like body of music videos. Mm. And I think as, as the years went on and technology caught on, somebody was able to kind of rip it from my site. Uh, and um, and then, it, then it started getting spread around, which I don't have a problem with. I like that video. But no, I didn't put it on YouTube. Somebody else did. But, okay. um, but yeah, that, that video was just cut from about a week of footage yeah, from yeah. when Sammy came back and Eddie was playing guitar and bass on these records. Yeah, we just felt like, we again, we didn't know what we were doing with this footage. So the record producer, Glenn Ballard, who introduced me to Eddie, kind of said, he pulls me off to the side and he goes, I want you to make a music video out of this. Yeah. Don't tell Eddie, because he'll say, what's the point in a music video? Mm. Um, <laughs> he goes, but just make it. So I just made it. And Glenn gave me a few bucks to make it. Mm. And then it just kind of lived on my website. But that music video is, definitely gives you some looks inside 5150. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I hadn't seen it before, probably two, two weeks ago. It was the first time I saw it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I think it's gotten, I think it's, I think it's spread around in the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's cool, man. I, I, you know, I made it for the world. I hope people like it. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, like I said, just been, having that chance to spend all that time with Eddie. That would be do me for life. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I kind of like say it over and over, but it's just it's not an experience I take for granted. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm glad the book is entertaining, and I'm glad it reaches people on so many levels. Yeah, but you know, I, it's just important to people, me, that people know that. Uh, I, sometimes people who have worked with rock stars or whoever mm. have this very cavalier way of talking about that person. You know, not really appreciating who they are around. I took advantage of that situation to, you know, not only learn everything about Van Halen, which I did. Mm-hmm. Now I know the entire catalog, but also like, you know, I get to talk about Ed as like an influence on myself and his son and the man as a person, because I, you know, I didn't know Eddie Van Halen, the rock star, really, when I met him, when I met him in 04, you know, I just, I missed that whole era. So I was the mid nineties grunge teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, so Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Mudhoney, you know, that was my thing. And so when I met Eddie in 04, uh, the first night I met him, he sat me down and he goes, so what do you know about me and my band? And I said, do you want me to be honest? And he goes, no, Andrew, I want you to lie to me. <laughs> yes, of course, be honest. I said, I mean, no disrespect, Ed, but I know the song Jump because it came out when I was four years old and it was called Jump. And he said, that's all you know about Van Halen. And I go, well, technically I know the Right Here, Right Now song because it was in a Pepsi commercial. And he just started laughing and he goes, Andrew, 
you and I are going to get along just fine. I haven't met anybody in 30 years that doesn't know about me. And that was, that's what created our dynamic was, you know, I didn't have a lot of questions about the guitar. When I got there, I didn't know what a pickup was. I didn't know when they were like recoiling pickups. I was like, I have no idea what you are talking about, man. So I was blessed to have that experience of like, I wasn't a tech, I wasn't a manager. I wasn't a producer. Like, I wasn't a musician, period. Yeah. I can play piano and I can read cheap music, but that was about it. And so, you know, I got this firsthand experience at like this man who was a genius mm. and also the man himself. But um, yeah, it wasn't until the middle of 06 after they were running the same set list of all the classics from 77 to 84. Yeah. That was the set list every day. It wasn't until then that I started to learn all of the songs. And then, you know, because there was no singer and because I'm standing there watching it, I got to have this experience that everybody else got to have when they were introduced to Van Halen. Mm. I found that my reactions aren't really any different than people who bought VH1 and put it on the turntable. Mm. I, my mind was just blown. I would watch his hands and the things he was doing and just be like, what is happening? <laughs> and how is this one, how is what I'm hearing coming from this one man? And this, you know, piece of wood with strings on it. I felt like I interviewed Slash once. And the first question I asked him was, what was it like the first time you heard Eddie Van Halen? And my reaction is exactly that Slashes. He goes, when I first heard Eddie Van Halen, I thought there were aliens coming out of my speakers. (laughs) And that's how I felt. I was just like, what is going? I'd never seen anything like it in my life. I mean, I was young. I hadn't seen a lot, but... I haven't seen anything like it since then. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> you know, and I've, I've filmed some talented guitar players. Like I shot a live show for Dweezil Zappa. Talented guy. Yeah. Talented guy. I, I heard his dad was fairly good. Um, <laughs> I say that with a grin and sort of <laughs> But, you know, and I'm impressed by Dweezil and, you know, my friend Steph from Deftones, I think is brilliant. Yeah. But to this day, I just, I've yet to see anybody. Mm. who is on his level on a guitar as a musician. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And not to be a downer here, but I don't know that we'll ever see anybody come out the gate yeah. on a guitar and change it like he did. Exactly. I think I think the bar has been set, man. Yeah, <laughs> 100% for sure. And, yeah, and, they, you know, and all I can tell people is, you know, same thing Eddie would tell you. If you want to get good, play all the time. Yeah. That's what he did. Eddie, there was never one day where Eddie thought, you know, I don't have to rehearse today. I'm Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> no, Eddie, Eddie was rehearsing like he was still trying to get his first record deal. Like, that's how hard he worked. He worked like he was, you know, on the road trying to get a record deal, trying to sell tickets to a show. And he just, that's how he worked. Yeah. And I've worked with a lot of bands since then. And some of these bands will have like little egos, mm. you know, think a little bit about themselves because they just got that first record deal. And now here they are shooting a video with cameras and lights. And I've had bands do like basically give me writers where they're like, we need celery and low fat cream cheese. If it's regular <laughs> fat cream cheese, we'll send it back. And I, and anytime I've come across some diva rock star or diva band that hasn't even made it yet, yeah. all I think is, 
Eddie Van Halen changed the world of guitar. <laughs> He's in one of the biggest bands in history. He could do anything with his life. This man still works harder and is more humble than all of you. Mm. So when you're complaining about your cream cheese, just remember you're not Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yes. No diss to the bands I've worked with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, except this one band, 10 years. You little diva motherfuckers. Oh, really? Yeah, sorry. I finally <laughs> had my chance to call them out, and I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Just so you know, they're the cream cheese guys. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and obviously Van Halen had the brown M&Ms, but, you know, yeah. they had a, that was a methodical thing with their promoters. They weren't being divas. Yeah. It was just a funny thing to do to your promoter. That's right. Um, just to make sure he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make sure that you're reading that writer. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, exactly. yeah man, that's what I can tell. That's what I can tell you about Eddie, man. Yeah. Like, no matter what you do in life, like, you know, me as a director or anybody, what you do, like, just apply to that work ethic of Eddie Van Halen. Never settle. You know, I asked him once about all the music that's there. Like, you know, there's shelves and shelves of all these tapes. Mm. And I said, I said, Ed, I go, is that all unreleased material? He goes, yeah, 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 it's all unreleased. I said, why don't you, why didn't you ever put it out? He goes, I didn't think it was good enough. And there it was. I, you know, and part of that is him living up to his own standards. Yeah. But I've never even really come across a rock star who has that much respect for his fan base, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's not going to let anybody down. He's not going to put something out half-assed and let you down. Yeah, yeah, so sure. all you young musicians out there, yeah. grab the book, learn about some work ethic. That's right, exactly. For yeah, sure. learn about, you know, when, when, Eddie, when Eddie cut his finger once, he could have, you know, gone to the doctor, had it stitched, mm. taken a couple of days off, he cut his finger, walked over to the workbench, filled it with super glue, <laughs> let it dry, let it dry for five minutes, and then went back in and played for eight more hours. Oh wow! So, yeah. As you can tell, I can gush about this man all day. No, it's <laughs> oh, great. I love hearing it. You must have thousands of stories to tell. It. <laughs> I do. You know, I, yeah. I I picked the ones for the book carefully. I, yeah. you know, I just try to keep that balance of no pun intended on using the word balance, yeah. <laughs> but I try to keep that. I try to keep that balance of it being entertaining, yeah. but not delving into his, you know, super personal life. I got, you know, I sat there and watched everything. Yeah. You know, I watched when he got sober in 06 going into 07. Mm. And that was the big subject I wasn't going to touch on, yeah. which was, I mean, one, I've been sober for years, so I understand that world, mm. but you know, and I hope nobody takes any disrespect to this, but stuff like, you know, when Eddie went to rehab and when he came back, one, it's like, do you guys really want to hear a story about a rock star that went to rehab? Is it really that exciting? Yeah. Like, oh my God, a rock star got sober. Everybody <laughs> stopped the presses. But even to my friends in personal conversations at my house, if somebody asks me, like, what was it like when he was there? I say, listen, man, I mean this with all due respect. I like you, but... None of your fucking business. Yeah. That's yeah. all. None of your business. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody has the right to talk about Eddie's personal life, mm -hmm. no matter how close they were to him. But I also recognize that I was there as a director and I was there one year. So I'm there one year out of this man's life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to write things that make people think like that's who he is. Yeah. Like, no, that, you know, that whatever. If there was a bad day, okay, well, that was one bad day in one year. Mm -hmm. 
Do we all want a book or a, a chapter written about us about one day we had a decade ago? Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I've been I, I've been sober for six years. I I would hate to somebody have somebody write a book who only hung out with me in 2012. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, exactly. um, he just deserved more respect yep. than being written about to some you know random rock star. Yeah, and. You know, and people have heard stories about him on tour. They've heard about him in, when he, they're making a record. And they've read whatever gossip. And what was left was, why don't I talk about just the man that I was around? Yeah. What it was like when he played Eruption for the first time in three years, he had said. Yeah. He played it one day and he stopped a couple of times. And he goes, God damn, I haven't played this song in three years. <laughs> and he played it. Like, this goes back to, and I hope it doesn't piss people off, but it goes back to like, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about Van Halen. Yeah. And um, he played it one day and I filmed it. And I shared a little edit bay that my friends and I split the rent on. So every now and then they would see footage of me going through it. And I described this one clip one day to my friend. I said, man, you've got to see this. He just started shredding out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what he's doing. I've never seen or heard anything like it. Like, dude, this was crazy. And he said, well, what was he playing? I go, dude, I think he was just messing around. I don't even think it's a song. <laughs> and I, he goes, let me see. I hit play. That clip played for eight seconds. And then my friend hit stop. And he looked at me and he goes, do you know what he's playing, Andrew? I said, no, man, I think he's just messing around. He goes, Jesus Christ. He goes, Andrew, that's called eruption. It's the most famous guitar solo in the history of rock and roll. And he takes this breath and he goes, he goes, you undeserving motherfucker. <laughs> but, you know, it goes back to that's why Ed and I got along. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's just, yes. you know, he wanted people to see the more personal side of him and his work ethic. and yeah. You know, what a like, virtuoso musician he is. Mm. And what better person to catch that than somebody who doesn't know how to play guitar, doesn't know what eruption is. And meanwhile, I'm experiencing it like everybody did for the first time. My mind is just blown. Yeah. And I'm just exploring with my camera of like, what is going on in this room? What is this rig? What is this pedal board? Anyway, man, I'll, I'll shut up because I can ramble on and <laughs> on about that. <laughs> like I so, said, I think it's great what you've done like to capture those moments and put it into the book and share it with the world. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I man, you know, like I said, I held off for a long, I didn't really hold off. I just never really had the idea. And then I had, you know, I had this brief idea of like a coffee table book with photos, but people had kind of asked me about my story over the years. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of came to the conclusion of, I think people would really love seeing all these photos. Yeah. It's like candid moments of Ed, Wolf and Al, and little bits and pieces around the studio and what's it like. And, you know, and then I just thought, why write some boring, long paperback book? Yeah. Here's what happened on Thursday. At 5150. What happens when Fred Durst doesn't call Eddie Van Halen back? It's not good. <laughs> not good for Fred. Yeah, I mean, I just, like I said, man, I love that man yeah. so much. It's still hard to say loved instead of love. Like, I can't really, I can't, still can't put things in past tense. Yeah, no, um, yeah. But I love that man very much. And I hope he's proud of the book. Yeah. I, I believe he got a copy of it. And somebody asked me, you know, like the other day, they go, when Eddie read the book, do you think he liked it? Mm. I said, well, I can tell you this. If he didn't like it, I would have gotten a phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eddie was not one to hold his feelings back. Yeah. 
And, you know, I didn't hear either way, but I like in my head and the way I like to imagine it is I can see Ed sitting in this one room at 5150 on this ratty, dirty chair that had been there since like 1986. <laughs> you know, like if you, if you had asked Ed, why don't you get rid of this chair? She would say something like, because it still works. Why would I get rid of it? It still works. <laughs> but yeah, I like to I like to think you read it and then Wolfgang Ed says, yeah, I read it. Yeah, Wolfgang yeah. says, so what'd you think? And I could just see Ed smiling and going, you know what? Pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ed would, res- I think Ed would really enjoy the fact that somebody who had my kind of access to everything chose to yeah. write about him the way he deserves to be written about. I mean, hopefully, you know, a year or two, whenever, you know, Wolfgang does all these things, you'll be able to see some videos as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I didn't really, I don't really want to bother Wolfgang now and bring up stuff like this. I yeah. want Wolfgang to, you know, get through the holidays. I want Wolfgang to focus on his music, yeah. you know, and kind of get into the new year. And then I'm going to drop him a line, mm. you know. So the video stuff, the video stuff is really personal. So that I yeah. want to, I want Wolf to really say what goes out and what doesn't. But, you know, there's other stuff that I, I feel fine putting out. Like I have days and days and days mm. of audio rehearsal. Yeah, of rehearsal yeah. audio, like straight from the 5150 board. Yeah. And they run, you know, a 15 song set list of all the greats and it's all recorded straight to the board and it sounds amazing. Yeah. And then I'm going to, I think I'm going to try to maybe even before Christmas, try to put some photos up mm. like a nice 11 by 15 prints oh, yeah, um, yeah. and not, you know, not charge $150 like some of these guys try to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no disrespect to Niels Lowe's hour, but uh, we've seen your photos, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, no, no diss to Neil. That was great access. He was an amazing photographer. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, my photos fill just like a different niche. Oh, for um, sure. So, and, I, and I've gotten to see everybody's guitar rooms. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and their setups and... Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think people might dig like just a nice 11 by 15 glossy that they can have hanging in the room. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I just, I want to share the material I have, you know, for all kinds of reasons. I'm still a broke, starving artist living in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think that it would be nice to share the stuff that's really rare and also just be nice about it. Like share it, you know, at prices that are affordable to people. Yeah, yeah for sure. Basically, not act like I'm Gene Simmons <laughs> and go around charging a thousand dollars for one day of rehearsal. You know, just yeah. make it something simple that people can download for a few bucks. Yep. I think the only visitor ever allowed up there was Slash, and Eddie Eddie waited around for Slash, and uh, and then Slash called me and said, "Hey, man, I'm running late because I forgot my top hat. I have to go back home and get it." Oh no. And I, and I told Eddie, and I told Eddie, I said, yes, Slash is still about another half an hour away. And Ed says, all right, well, I need a nap. Just tell Slash I said hi. Oh, really? It was one of those. And I had just had it, just this surreal moment in my life. Like, after he left the room, I thought, have I just been tasked to say hello to Slash from Eddie Van Halen? <laughs> so... Moments like that, you know, I've been a rock fan my entire life. Rock and roll is my thing. And moments like that, another moment I don't take for granted. In that moment, I was just this 
goosebumps on my arm. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. And then telling Slash that, sorry, Ed waited around, but he got tired. <laughs> and then this look of disappointment on Slash's face, like, you know, oh, no. a kid being told your birthday party is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so disappointed. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know how much Ed, like, on that level, when somebody like Slash yeah. is still this, you know, gushing teenage fan inside, yeah. like, that's, you know, you've had, Eddie had some impact on people when Slash is acting like a teenager. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, well, cool, man. Well, yeah, keep right. in touch. Let me know what you think of when you get the book. I and, um, all right, man. All right. I'll talk to you real soon. All right, dude. Okay. Thanks, Have Andrew. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.